We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. It is a Thursday. We're nearing the weekend, which means Oklahoma State will be back at it on the football field, which hopefully they play a little better than last week, huh, Kyle Porter? Yeah, I, I am hoping for that as well. We have you and I have not debriefed. We 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 uh, missed on our um, post game show on Saturday. Kyle Boone and I uh, did a, did a few minutes for that, uh, and then we had to skip a Tuesday podcast because I was having some server difficulties. So um, I guess we should start with just kind of final takeaways from TCU since people haven't um, or since we haven't given the people what they want, so to speak. Well, I have two main takeaways. First. They played like a team that was buying into their own hype, uh, yeah. that had been listening to how great they were for the past two or three weeks, and they didn't show up ready to play. And then two, I thought TCU really did well to uh, bait OSU into running the football. You know, OSU's offense is conducive to what the numbers tell them. If they don't load the box, you run the ball. Vice versa, you throw the ball. And I think they showed them numbers that said run the football and they were still able to stop them with the limited amount of guys they had at the line and combine that with the OSU offense not being on the field they, they kind of panicked a little bit as far as staying off the field for so long obviously didn't play well in general but I thought TCU kind of baited them into that and really kind of gave the blueprint on how to beat OSU's offense you, you force them to run it stuff them and then pressure Mason when it's third down so I thought, I thought TC played well. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I thought OSU just came out pretty flat. Well, and, and, and to kind of exacerbate what you're talking about, there was no – so they couldn't go deep for the most part other than James Washington's 86-yard touchdown. And they didn't, they didn't run the ball – they didn't run it terribly, but they just they, – and Gundy said this, they couldn't break anything off really. And – Yet they never really threw it to the middle of the field, which it just seemed like it seemed like a lack of of, of adjustments. Like it's it's almost like this series of events that went wrong, from the turnovers to the uh, not being able to adjust to the penalties. Like just all these different things went wrong, and so I, I think obviously it was bad and it looked terrible, right? But all of these things are not – it wasn't like – it didn't feel like um, – when was it? To, uh, Baylor 2015 when you just, get, you just get housed on your own field, you know, and you're like, uh, Oklahoma State's just not as good as Baylor, like, and they're not going to be. Like, they just got housed by Baylor. It, this didn't feel like that. This felt more like Baylor last year when they turn it over four times in Waco. Uh, they've got wide receivers passing the ball, all this different stuff. And so, to me, it feels it feels more correctable and, like, more like, – like, like you could more easily make the corrections you need to go on and win, I don't know, nine games, ten games, eleven games, whatever. Did you feel the same way or do you disagree? Uh, I agree to an extent. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I couldn't believe they didn't throw it to the middle of the field with McCleskey and Stoner, which they, they started to do towards the end of the end of the game. Um, but I just it's, – it's odd. You know, I, they didn't ask Kenny Hill to do anything crazy. They were very simple reads, reverses. That was, that was absurd. Like, they, they didn't ask Kenny Hill to do much of anything. I mean, they, they moved the ball right up and down the field and got dominated. And so I – I'm pretty I'm pretty sour on on Glenn Spencer Kyle. Um, this has been an issue since he took over with third downs. This is not a new issue. I mean, 11 of 19, most of them lo- third and long conversions. 
they have to they have to change what they're doing on third down. That's an adjustment they didn't make. And obviously the one you mentioned, throwing the ball over the middle. I just they they got severely outcoached, and I thought that before Mike Gundy said it. So I was kind of glad that he he kind of admitted that they they got completely dominated and outcoached. And I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm pretty sour on Glenn Spencer. It's it, I go back and forth on this because you know they go ten and three each of the last two years. Um, it, it, it it's hard to kind of. It, we, we get into these moods after game, like after single games where we're like fire your such fire Spencer. And I, I, I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but it just is more, um, it's more evident. It's more like it just looks worse right after the game where you just give up 44 points to a team with a mediocre quarterback. You know, we back at the TCU game last year, they gave up six at TCU to basically the same team. And so it's like, why, why is there such a, why is there such a disparity there? I, I, I don't know. I agree. Like you, you, you got to figure it out, you know? And, um, I, I thought what, well, this isn't, are, this isn't a one game thing, Kyle, this is a four year thing. Yeah, but they're but 20, I don't, they're, I don't 20 wanna, they're 20 I don't and six s- in the last two years. So what do you do with that? Well, like, should, I mean, should they, should they be 20? Is that because of their, is that, is that because of their defense? <laughs> well, I mean, they no, won the game. Their offense I'm, has been awesome. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, could you be better? Like, could you have done better over the last two or three years? To me, the the defense is not getting the results that the talent that I see on the field at all. Not even close. And the third downs are just absurd. I mean, third and long, like, it's one thing to give up a couple. It's another thing to give up as many as they do and as many as they have since Glenn Spencer's been the defense coordinator. And that's partly why he got the job, right? Bill Young was doing the same thing as far as dropping guys <laughs> off. Yeah. And just letting them let them catch it in front of you, and I, I get the idea. You don't want to get beat deep, but I mean, the third downs have to be front. And l- let's be honest here. I mean, Kyle Boone came on this podcast and predicted that Glenn Spencer this would be Glenn Spencer's last year. That Mike Gundy would lose all patience with him, and I, I got to think that patience is worn thin at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fair. I think what all everything that you're saying is completely fair. Um, what did you think? Th- there was somebody in our Slack chat that said that philosophically they they disagree with or dislike what Oklahoma State does defensively where you you don't you just at all costs you don't give up the deep ball you don't get beat deep even though they still do sometimes but that's sort of their philosophy and because of that sometimes you don't get as much pressure as you would like on somebody like a Kenny Hill did you where where do you land on that argument I mean, I, I don't hate the idea because, I mean, if you start giving up deep balls, you're, you're basically Texas Tech, right, <laughs> on defense. You don't want that. And I think the more downs and the more plays you make the offense play against you, the more likely they are to mess it up and have turnovers. And that's probably why OSU has been so good at turning people over. But I also think, like, where is the pressure on the quarterback? Have, do they have a sack this season? I mean, <laughs> I know they do, but they, they didn't get close against TCU. And I just, I just think they need a philosophical change on third down because they are forcing a lot of them, so they are doing things right. But then when it, when it's, you know, when it's nut cutting time on third and long, they just, they, they, they go into this shell to where it's like, it's an automatic. If it's third and fourteen, you can bet, you can. If I wish I could live bet it in Vegas, they're, <laughs> they're getting, they're getting fifteen yards, like with, with ease, with relative ease. And I think that's really frustrating to watch, and I, it's got to be frustrating for. The OSU offense, because I think that kind of that war on them, the, them sitting over on the bench, 
Yeah. While TCU's milking the clock, and then when OSU's offense gets the ball, they're like, "We got to go score because we're not going to get the ball back." So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty down on the defense. That being said, it's one week, but I just, I'm talking about a four-year-long process with Glenn Spencer on third down, and I've, I've, I've seen enough of it, and I, I, I'm beginning to wonder if Mike Gundy has too. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a fair conversation. I think that. You, you got to look at it as a whole though, you know, like they, their defense was pretty good in the big 12 last year in terms of, in terms of points per drive given up and, and turnovers and all the statistics that are, that are important to having a good defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, TCU is not good. Um, they've had other games that have been really bad in terms of third, even the Tulsa game. I mean, it was just, it was terrible on third downs. I, I just think, how I think the question for me is how much better can you do? I, I think that the that there's you, you can probably do at least a little bit better, but can you do a lot better? I don't know with the with the talent that they have and with how much pressure the offense puts on the defense with how quickly they score and how many times you have to go back out there and try to stop teams. Now I say all that they should have and could have been way better against TCU. So I'm not I'm not trying to stand up for what happened on Saturday. I'm just saying you, it's it's a big picture thing, and and, and that's what you're saying is. You haven't seen that enough. You haven't seen the third down stops enough in the big picture. Well, and I had, I had several people, Kyle, do you buy into this theory? I had several people tweet me and say that Clint Spencer makes his D-line basically essentially run wind sprints when he does all these substitutions and that it wears yeah. him out during the game. Do you buy yeah. that theory? <laughs> I mean, something's going on with the de- with the defensive line because I think everything starts there, right? And And – I think Evan Epstein tweeted about this on on Saturday, but like you can talk all you want about offense and talent and and quarterbacks and all this stuff. Games are won on the offensive and defensive lines, and Oklahoma State's offensive line is depleted, and its defensive line to me hasn't lived up to the preseason expectations of of what you thought it was going to be. So, um, yeah, I mean something's going on, and they 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 need to figure that out primarily. Well, they got exposed on both sides of the ball. So we're going to, but I, all that being said, you know, doomsday, whatever, they're going to Lubbock and I think they're going to win and cover. So I think it's a big bounce back scenario and I think it's a wake up call for them, but they, they have some, a few things to figure out on the right side of the offensive line and obviously on, on third down. So we'll, we'll see how they do on, on the weekend, but we have to talk about uh, the, the scandal that's going on, Kyle. Yeah, let's, I want to get to that. Speaking of being exposed, but we need to, uh, we, we need to toast first cause we didn't do a toast for last Saturday. So you don't want to pick somebody from the TCU game, but uh, we do need to toast. It's time for the coop ale works toast of the week. Coop ale works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma city. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian strong ale, or the refreshing horny toad blonde for your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends. Enjoy a cold coupe works and please remember to drink responsibly. Um, Carson, who's your, uh, who's your toast for this week? I'm cracking open a Tyron siren, a Saturday siren for Tyron. And I'm just, I'm pouring it on the ground. I'm just pouring <laughs> one out completely for Tyron Johnson. Uh, he, he has less production probably than Charlie Moore at this point. I mean, Talk about wasting talent. I mean, at one point, Tyron just felt like he had to take the ball out of the end zone on a kick return. He's like, I'm not getting the ball on offense. I got to go make something happen here. And he, he gets no blocking on kick returns at all. He's lucky to get to the 20. And he's being completely misused on offense. And Mike Yersich better figure it out or else, I mean, who knows if Tyron makes it through the year. He already had one game where he had to sit out because he got out of his box, out of his world. If I was him, I'd be out of my world too right now with how he's being misused. <laughs> So I'm pouring one on the ground for Tyron. 
Do, are we are we positive uh, Tyron isn't isn't a little overrated? Heck no! Why would you say that? He didn't even get the ball. What? What? what okay, is he open? He, he's barely on the field. <laughs> he's getting out snapped by by uh, Simeo Finiwaki or whatever the <laughs> cowboy back's name is. He's getting he's getting out snapped by uh, by a uh, Britton Abbott. For Christ's sake! I mean, come on. Yeah, I, get him I, I on don't the know. field. Throw I, him the I football. Think, I, th- I think I think Tyron's overrated. I think he might be overrated. Oh my God! Talk about a hot take. <laughs> I mean, you must be you must be in the room with Yursich because Yursich doesn't get him the ball. So, I think I think Mason Rudolph doesn't get him the ball. I don't I don't know that it's Yursich not getting him the ball. Well, they got they got to put him on the field, Kyle. I, I, no, I, I didn't. I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but just watching the game. Barely looked like he was out there. And it yeah. certainly didn't even look his way. And, I mean, they have to do a better job getting him involved. Because, for well, me, it, he's as explosive as James Washington. Into, into, your, into exactly to that point, where, where was – this sounds stupid because he had 150 yards, but where was James Washington on Saturday? Throw him the ball over the middle every single time. Who's stopping that? You, you saw they went to – I don't know. And I know. I know it's more complex than that, and I'm making it simplistic, but – you saw him go over the middle two or three times, and nobody was like within ten yards of him. It's like just get your best. And this is what that 2011 team did so well when they needed stuff. They they went to Justin Blackman, and they got first downs, and they got touchdowns, and they got what they needed when they really needed it. Um, and, and you, I, I don't know. I just I I wanted to see more of that on Saturday. I guess. Yeah, I want to see more of that. And again, if Chris Lacey's out again. I loved. I thought Stoner had a great game. It was a coming out party for him. Yeah, uh, they didn't throw the ball to McCleskey enough. So I guess you can go on down the line of what they didn't do. But I'm sorry, I've seen enough out of Tyron Johnson to know that he's being underutilized. Yeah. I, you can say he's overrated all you want. That's just simply not true. That ain't that ain't true. Thanks. Uh, okay, you, you just me- well, you just mentioned my toast, and that was uh, Dylan Stoner. Um, he he's he's kind of a he's kind of a dude. Like he's That's kind Sergeant of a, Stoner to you. He's kind of a, yeah. He's kind of a guy. I mean, I, I just you know, I think I think he Rudolph is does, he is he is a he is of the male gender. Right. <laughs> I think I think Rudolph does a good job of making all of his guys look pretty good. But I, I've been really impressed with him so far this year, and uh, he had some. I, I went back and watched a couple of the catches he had. He had some really impressive catches on on Saturday and the throw that Rudolph had to him when he was Rudolph was rolling out to his right and he kind of threw it back across his body a little bit and Stoner was going was was turned around going back the other way that was <laughs> that was pretty awesome um That's so yeah tough I, catch for sure I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna toast a uh, an f5 to uh to Sergeant Stoner because he I, I've been I've been super impressed with him so far. Just a, uh, I guess he's a redshirt freshman this year. Um, I believe they they got a redshirt for him for last year because he got injured in the fourth game or the third game. So uh, yeah, F five to uh, to Dylan Stoner for for uh, his play throughout not only on Saturday but throughout the year. So he's going to be like the Keaton Page of the OSU football team. He's going to be in oh a senior gosh. year, and people are going to yeah. be like, "That guy's still there." Yeah, totally. No, he he was impressive and. I guess you saw why he outsnaps Tyron Johnson. He's pretty reliable over the middle. Yeah, he's really good. Um, 
Anything else from that game? The the touchdown at the one yard line, the double pass to Jalen McCleskey. Any any takes on that before we move on to the basketball? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I hated the call taking it out of Mason's hands. But have you gone back and watched it, Kyle? When McCleskey catches the ball, Stoner is literally five yards in front of him, and he yeah. throw he doesn't even look, and he throws it twenty yards. Yep. Like it, I I still can't comprehend what was going through his mind. Maybe he just panicked. I don't know. But Stoner hadn't even taken off on his route hardly. And he threw it 20 yards over his head. It was just a bizarre play. Yeah. That, and and that's, once, I hated the timing of it too. And that's where – yeah. I, I've gone back and forth on it. Like part of me hated it and then part of me was like, I'm kind of okay with it. But I just feel like McCleskey just can't make the throw. Like just don't – just don't. And, and you know that – they trust him and he understands like throw it away. Like, you know, and, and, and Rudolph said that he's like, he throws it away nine times out of 10 and he just did. I don't know. It was just a, he, he is. Well, he here's, is, here's my problem with it, Kyle. They didn't, they didn't set it up at all. Not even on that drive, let alone the entire game where had they thrown one little flare pass like that to McCleskey all game. If you had, if you had set it up properly, I'm okay with it. But it was just completely out of the blue. And before the TCU defense could even react, McCluskey had launched it to where they didn't even have to move. He just sat underneath it. I think that uh, – I think Yurisich might have got out of his world a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to run that play, you have to set it up and give them the look before, beforehand to kind of, you know, bait them into, you know, blowing the coverage. Yeah. Yeah, so not great. The touchdown at the one-yard line – I don't know. We could talk about that for a year, and I still wouldn't understand why it was called or why it wasn't or whatever. Um, I, I, I at, as they went to replay, I figured that they were just going to leave it as a touchdown because it's impossible to tell. Uh, and unless you have te- like physical, like hardware technology on the field, it'll you'll never have a system that uh, can can figure that out perfectly. So, um, did, did we figure out? Did we figure out why TC got the ball on the punt on the holding? The way that it was explained to me, or, or Kyle Boone, and then he explained it to me, is that the holding occurred before the punt was before the ball was punted. And so, I, so I how does how does TC get the ball if the play's if the play's happening? That should be assessed on the return. Yeah, I don't know. That that I, doesn't make any sense. I, and I, I also heard it was before the play happened, which is physically impossible they can't cross the line of scrimmage to hold before they snap the ball but but Gundy so, didn't, big, and, as big 12 refs that was their that was their picasso their mona not, lisa not that uh not that gundy is like the um touchstone of like uh like the the, the, the rules aficionado um guy but um, he didn't really seem that mad about it. So it seemed like whatever explanation they gave him was, you know, he didn't do any snow angels on the brand on the, on the 50 yard line. Well, he was nowhere near mad after central Michigan. It wasn't until he was explaining the rules to him that he got mad. I mean, after the game, he was like, yeah, bad call on my part. So maybe, maybe he still hasn't gotten that rules explained to him properly. What, what do you think about this? It, it, and I heard this from some, several people that they they were upset at how lack like the lack of uh, anger or not anger but frustration that players and coaches showed after the game because kind of everybody's kind of like yeah you know Rudolph called it a hiccup Gundy was like yeah we just you know wasn't that fun didn't play that well move on to the next one what, what how do you view like just sort of the way the players and coaches took the loss it was surprising 
I didn't expect that reaction because, I mean, all we've heard is, you know, this team's going to try and win the Big 12 and the playoff and go undefeated and things are different. And then, uh, yeah, they treated it like a week seven loss in the NFL, which I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really bother me. I just thought it was interesting how they're how they reacted to it. You know, they're probably more upset than they let on. But um, I'm still shocked Gundy didn't take his shirt off and lay at midfield. He should have. Be amazing. It'd be uh, really good content for the blog as well. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986, and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise, and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel, and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Speaking of content for the blog, uh, Lamont Evans, Oklahoma State assistant basketball coach, um, associate head coach. Is that his official title? Do we do we know? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Arrested by the FBI. Uh, what what do you think Mike Holder's reaction was when he first saw the words Lamont Evans arrested by the FBI on on Tuesday when the rest of us saw them? Oh, I imagine it was a more profanity-laced version of the statement he released where he's like, let me underscore the fact that this is not what we do here. (laughs) And I mean, it's just, it, you know, the destruction of the OSU basketball program under Mike Holder's almost complete is it not i mean yeah he completely botches the brad underwood deal uh hires, well, guess, mike, well, hires well, mike boynton you can go back further than that though well yeah i mean I, I was gonna make my way i was gonna make my way to there but he hired okay. mike boynton after not doing a real thorough search and then yeah you go back to the ticket prices um, basketball killing a lot of the fan base Travis Ford, the contract on down the line, just OSU basketball just cannot get out of its own way. And this is the latest instance. Now it's the FBI, like the NCAA didn't even, I don't think, you know, was fully aware of what the FBI was uncovering here. Maybe they did and they, they want it to appear that way, but I don't know, man, it's a, uh, it's a bad deal. Um, I'm not sure why Lamont Evans, if he's making $600,000 is taking $22,000 bribes. Yeah, that's that's weird to me. Or maybe this was—I guess this was before he got his six hundred thousand dollar deal. But, but but still, but still, but still, and obviously the moral, the morality of it. But it just—it's gross. It feels gross. Uh, it's kind of the shady part of college basketball, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to OSU. Yeah, it is. I, I I wrote out my kind of five most pressing questions on the blog on on Thursday, and a lot of them are, are sort of what you mentioned. Um, you know, did did uh, obviously if any of this is proven to be true, and and it appears that there's some pretty good evidence uh, behind it, then not only will Lamont Evans not coach at Oklahoma State, he probably won't coach again, and he he might go to jail. Um, now again, there's, you know, the, the legal process and whatnot, but, um, I and whatnot, like, I just sounded like Pat Jones, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the bigger questions for me are, uh, a did, what did Mike Boynton know? And, and, and beyond that, is there plausible deniability from him? You know, he, he stood at the podium 
when he got hired and said this this could have just as easily been Lamont Evans that got hired which by the way one of the <laughs> one of the greatest avoidances of a of a disaster in in Oklahoma State sports history not that this isn't a disaster but just what could have been um so he, so he says this could have just as easily been Lamont Evans they they've been tight you know they, they, they those assistants they spent a lot of time together I don't know what he knew or didn't know or whatever, but you know, is there plausible deniability there? And even if there is, if you're Mike Holder, can you move forward with a, with with somebody like Boynton who we've had on this podcast? He's great. He's super engaging. And, and, and I, I, I've really liked him a lot, but let's be honest, he wasn't that galvanizing for the Oklahoma state fan base. So can you, can you continue to move forward like this within the kind of the turmoil there? I don't know. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, some, a couple of pretty interesting weeks and months for, for Oklahoma state basketball, I would say. Yeah. And I, I know the tendency or what I think OSU will, the picture they will try to paint is that, you know, Lamont Evans acted alone. He was a rogue assistant, but if we're condemning Rick Patino and assuming he knew about everything going on, it's it's hard to not do the same thing with Mike Boyden, is it not? I mean, he was the head coach. They were like brothers, you know, is what he said. Um, it's going to be hard for me to, to, to think that Boynton didn't know about it, or but that that's obviously going to be proven. The FBI's not messing around. They'll get to the bottom of it, and NCAA as well. But, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of sanctions OSU gets, if any, and just what the – you know, they start practice here soon, Kyle. Like, just, there's a huge cloud over the over the program and and the beginning of the Mike Boynton era. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be trying times for those in Stillwater, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, that was the other thing. It's just the timing of it and and the fact that you know because it was the FBI, you, you're not you're, you won't even deal with the NCAA fallout for I, I don't I don't know what the timeline is, and that's the problem is that nobody really knows what's what the timeline is, and so you're sort of having to self-investigate hope you find everything and then make a decision based on that which that's that's hard like that's a that's a difficult thing to do as an organization and um it's not it's not a fun spot you know and um i don't know what 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 is your like as of september 28th we're taping this at two o'clock uh is is mike boynton the head basketball coach at oklahoma state this time next year um this time next year, I think I'm going to say like this time, like as soon as the, when the season begins, <laughs> I was trying to think that far ahead. Uh, I'll say, yeah, I think uh, Lamont Evans will get put away and then they'll move forward with whatever happens NCAA wise and FBI wise as you know, and that's, that's not necessarily what I thought initially. I thought for sure he'd be gone. So I'm kind of changing my tune a little bit, but uh, that's kind of my prediction. Yeah, I think I think the problem is so there's two different things going on. One is introducing current players to agents and financial advisors, which was pretty detailed in that 59-page write-up from the Department of Justice. And that's not good, obviously. It's not good at all. But I think the bigger issue is is another detail in there which was uh Oklahoma State uh, as as an organization potentially giving money not by their own knowing, but through Lamont Evans to potential recruits that, that have come to, to play basketball for them. I don't know if that happened. It seemed as if the document insinuated that it did happen or it was going to happen. And that that's the big one for me is like, did that happen? When did it happen? Uh, under whom 
uh, did it happen as, as the head coach? Because to, to me, that is the, uh, that's a, that's a smoking gun. And I don't know if that, I don't know if you can figure that out. I don't know if the NCAA will figure that out. I don't know how that'll play out, but if you paid guys, if you paid current recruits or current players that were recruits to come to Stillwater to play on this team, that's like everybody get fired type stuff, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, what that's going to look like in a, in a month or a year or whatever. Well, if you're on Team Petty, there is a bright side for OSU fans. That, that <laughs> Brad Underwood might be going down for this too. I mean, he's the one that brought Lamont Evans to Oklahoma State. Uh, you got to think he knew about some of the happenings going on as well. Uh, and this did bring about one of the greatest tweets of all time. Uh, from Travis Burns saying that (laughs) Brad Underwood walks into the FBI office and says, this feels like home. I could see myself here a long time. Is that not one of the best tweets ever? It was art. I mean, it was, it was, it was an art form. It was up there. You said this, it was up there with, uh, night, uh, army in 1945 beat Germany on the road. (laughs) <laughs> it's in the pantheon of great tweets alongside it, that it, one for it sure. Was, it was Travis Burns. I don't know if he listens. I don't know if he follows, but uh, kudos for him or to him for, for toasted all- him. Yeah. Yeah. We should have for an all, <laughs> for an all timer. Um, okay. Anything else that kind of stemmed from that, that you want to talk about? Well, just, uh, you wonder how, how far reaching this is. Like to me, it almost kind of seems like this is kind of, day-to-day operation in college basketball these are just the people they had wiretapped and and that they'd focused on i mean would it really surprise you if if a lot of these schools had similar happenings it wouldn't surprise me especially all the adidas schools now that's coming out with adidas so i don't know it's just college basketball needs this because we we've all kind of known about bag men and you know the shady ways that college basketball recruiting works but to see it in the forefront for the fbi to crack down on it's quite another thing and I'd love to see college basketball get cleaned up. But uh, what on a scale of one to ten, how shocked were you that Scott Drew was not implicated in this? I got a text from a, a, a friend of mine, a, a really good uh, friend of mine from high school that went to Baylor, and he said uh, he said something along the lines of, "Either the full report hasn't come out yet, or the FBI wasn't thorough because Scott Drew's name wasn't <laughs> wasn't in the <laughs> in the proceedings." <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, this guy went to Baylor. I thought that was pretty good. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I think, I think you're right. Like, and it, it, this is, we don't have time on this podcast to get into it, but just the, w- w- when, when you sort of suppress um, capitalism within a really thriving industrious uh, industry, like like college basketball, there's a lot of money to be had, and, and it's it's sort of suppressed and moved around. What, what basically what I'm saying is it's not a free market. Stuff like this is going to happen, you know. And and um, I'm not that doesn't like justify it at all. But it, it's gonna it's gonna be the natural course of action for a lot of people that are involved in it, whether it's players or agents or coaches or whatever. There's a lot of money to be had, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter. Much more so from individual players in basketball than in football because in basketball the the comparison that was made Kevin Durant signs a 200 I don't know whatever million dollar contract with Nike nobody in football signs that kind of um that contract outside of like their team contract so it just from the individuals that play the sport it seems like and, and I think there is more money to be had in basketball and that's why I think you see this more often with 
uh, kind of individual stars coming out of high school. That was deep, man. You were breaking down the capital industry of college basketball. So I agree with you, though. I mean, anytime there's money to be had, this this type of stuff's going to happen. But uh, it's really bad for OSU, and yeah. you know, comes comes on the heels of you know all this other stuff they've dealt with over the last few years. You compared it to the Des Bryant hanging out with Dion thing, as far well, as like how the NCAA will handle it. That was tiddlywinks compared to this. Des didn't even break a rule. He just lied to some schmo he didn't know. It's like I, I wasn't hanging out with Dion. Who are you? And he yeah. got suspended for the entire year. That was that was one of the bigger crocs i've ever seen in my life the des but, thing but we don't need to get down into that yeah and, and yeah so um i don't know i you know what i you know who i blame for the for all of this tcu game mike mike holder hoodie mellow hoodie mellow shows up to to okc oklahoma state loses uh basketball's you know gonna go on probation or whatever's gonna happen get mellow out of here Get him out. Oh, it was great. It was great for me. Like, yeah, I wasn't even really like paying attention to OSU TCU. Like, we were driving to Stillwater <laughs> for the game. I was like, it's like when does NBA season start? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm cool. Uh, so like, did you like Brian Keating and I were joking about the game. We're like, hey, so how about Mello, huh? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get a chance to? Uh, did Markel? So Markel was at uh, Thunder uh, Media Day. Did he talk to anybody? Did you talk to him? What What was that? He like? did like a he did like a joint press conference with a couple other a couple of the other camp invite guys. The guys that are probably spend time in the D League won't join the team. Uh, I wasn't there for that. I was doing other things. But uh, he got a camp invite. Now he's not going to make the team. Uh, he, he'll probably play in the D League for him. So that, at least he's kind of keeping his foot in the door and through the D League. Yeah, what what is that? Uh, how much? What what are the salaries for the guys in the? It's the G League now, isn't it? Yeah, it's the G League. I'll never get used to that. What 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 kind of money do those guys make? I have no idea. I can't so imagine it's, it's that great. Yeah, like minor league baseball money, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe a little less. Actually, I think it's less than that. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of surprised. You know, Markel had a few good years with the Nets, uh, and then he went overseas, yeah. I guess. But. Uh, I don't know, but I think people that have dreams of him playing for the Thunder, that's 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 not happening. So Yeah. It is crazy just to think about how athletic and good he was in college and then he just is so he's just on the fringes of the NBA. NBA is a it's so good. It's unbelievable how good you have to be to make it. Mm-hmm. To make it there. Um you wanna talk unis real quick? Get out yeah. of here? Yeah. Okay. Let's get to this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Okay, what do you got? Texas Tech, 7, 7 p.m., Joel Klatt. Oh, uh, Gus. Gus, get away from the cop speed, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Um, I've overdosed on badge. I, I'm, I'm comatose on the badge. We've... We've gone overboard on the badge. I, I love the badge. It's awesome. But, I mean, the brand's dead, Kyle. I need to pour one out for the brand, too, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm going all white, Icy Pete, what they wore last time they were in Lubbock. I, I think, uh, you know, their their confidence was shaken against TCU, so they're going to go superstitious on us and go back to what they wore against Tech when they dropped 70 on them the last time they were in, in Lubbock. So, I'll go Icy White Pete, White White. Yeah, it's hard not to. That, that was my initial thought, too, because um, that's what they wore last time. And 2013, they were all white with uh, the orange helmet, which is one of the low-key worst looks in, in Oklahoma State football history. 
Those were like a Lego. You know, those little Lego men that have a different colored head in their body. It was terrible. Uh, And also, they went all white in the first night road conference game last year at Baylor. Um, Same combo, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go all white, but I'll I'll change it up and I'll go badge uh, helmet instead of uh, instead of Pete. Yeah, that's a safe assumption, right? They've have they only worn the badges here? Uh yeah, I think. Three straight badges? Well they did the they did the uh I can't remember what they wore week one. Uh, didn't they do the the Pete helmet? Oh the the Patriots helmet. Oh uh, yeah, the uh, Patriot Pete. Yeah, Patriot Pete. What did you okay. like the helmets last week with the with the uh, Paisley stripe? Yeah, it was cool. It was nice. I mean, I like the badge look. Uh, We were stupid for picking anything with black in it since the field was like 110 degrees. That was just dumb on our part. I know, but they 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 wore black for Texas last year. Was was it was it cold during Texas? I don't remember. At in Stillwater, it it wasn't cold, but it wasn't quite as hot. I mean, it was pretty warm actually. Now that I remember, but yeah, they wore all black for that, and they wore black, black, gray against Central Michigan. It was hotter and hotter than hell. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, I think we're on the same page. All white. Have, has Southwell phoned in his prediction yet? I don't think so. We, the blog's been, we've been struggling this week. Server got knocked off. People are just, people aren't reading. They're mad about the TCU game and it's not been a good week for, for pistols firing. Our shirts are available so, though. <laughs> the PFB store is open. Yeah. Have, uh, did you get your ma- yet? I haven't got mine. I uh, they're, you're sold out on all the ones I want. So mm, we just I just restocked. I'll have to wait it. till you to I'll have to wait for you to restock. Oh, you already did. It, yeah, this morning. This morning. Okay, I better get them while they're hot then. Yeah. Uh, how many games has it been since the brand? They wore it in game one last year. <laughs> you're you're beside yourself about. The I'm brand. not happy. I'm not happy. My dad's my dad's just uh, in a state of despair. He hadn't seen the brand. He forgot what the brand looks like. I think. He wants to ride for the brand. That's that's how that's how uh, Oshie basketball got out of their got out of their box, got out of their world, Kyle. They <laughs> they're not they're not riding for the brand. They're riding for the badge, and then I the badge could, showed up. I FBI you, badge yeah. showed up on him. Yes. <laughs> I wish you could see how many times I've used got gotten out of his world about our about my kids. <laughs> yeah, I've been. It's my go-to over the last month. It's so good. Um, it has how many been games? Uh, sixteen. I mean, uh, Night, Vienna. So- southeastern Louisiana, right? 17? Yeah. So, we'll, yeah. Holy moly. So, maybe yeah. we'll see the brand. I'd like to see the brand again. Uh, my, what? What, my, maybe, my, maybe my favorite helmet is the is the white helmet with the br- the black brand on it and the black stripe and the black face mask that they wore against Baylor in 2013. Just bring that out. How hard is that? It's, it's so good. You're talking, about with the, you're talking about with the... Uh, the black OSU with the orange outline, right? Yeah, and the black face mask, black stripe, the whole deal. Yeah, I always think of Kai Staley when I think of that that uniform and that game. I don't know why. Did he even play in that game? Yeah, he scored like two or three touchdowns. Okay, maybe, maybe that's why I think of him. I think of I always think of uh, Josh Stewart for some reason, and I think of the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Even though the um, game was way more memorable. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, okay, what do you? Where are you going to be this weekend? I'll be in Lubbock, my friend. There I will go. be. Uh, you know, I compare the drive to Lubbock like Mad Max Fury Road, which I know yeah. you probably haven't seen. Well, I've seen. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> That's a start for you. 
uh, but yeah, I, you see creatures on the road there. You see tumbleweeds. You know, I'll be dodging all sorts of roadkill. So it's it's always fun. And a night game is going to be especially crazy. I was there last year for the OU game and was there the last time OSU played there. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I can like uh, break some uni news. Back in the old days, I used to be the first one getting a picture of the unis. So I'll try to do that again. I need you in the in the equipment bus on the way there. Just just we can do we can do a Facebook live from the equipment uh, eighteen wheeler. That would require me to get out of my box, out of my world. <laughs> I might get banned from OSU football you'd be, games. Like you'd that. be way out of your world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Carson. Uh, enjoy the uh, the Mad Max Fury Road, and uh, we will chat hopefully on late on uh, on Saturday night. Sounds good. Talk to you then. All right. See you.